All right, it's January 27th, and welcome to the NBA Show! We are back. This is our brand new season, we baby. Are, we are back from Christmas vacation. We are glad to be here. We've braved uh, snow and ice today. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Um, it was it was a little bit of a trek to get in here this morning. I am actually uh, here in my ever so formal <laughs> hiking boots. And was Tom, the last time you saw an investment banker with snow pants, with on. snow pants on, <laughs> very very nice. So we're All glad right. to be back and get into it. Let's kick it Let's off with do some, some headlines. headlines. Our first headline: big news. We're, We're all getting, getting jobs, jobs again! <laughs> just, 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 just! All right, it's good news on the horizon. So the GMAC, the company that releases the GMAT, they released their annual study, uh, their end-of-year study of corporate recruiters. And when they surveyed recruiters, everything is up. 20% more companies uh, hired MBAs last year than did in 2009. Even more are planning to do it this year. Um, nearly everyone is even maintaining or increasing salaries as part of I this. I love this. I love this. It's, it's this nothing, but news. News. Yep. nothing but good news. Nothing but good news. Unemployment is at 9.4%. Housing prices are down, and hiring for MBAs is up 20%. Yes! Wait, wait, wait Tom, is, is, that, is that good news, Tom? Oh, well, I, sort of. I'm, I'm trying a new business presentation technique. What's that? I, well, what I do is I take a bunch of bad news. You put one piece of good news at the end, but you present the whole thing like it's good. Here, I'll, I'll give you another. I'll okay. give you. I'll give you another okay. example. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Our national budget deficit this year: 1.5 trillion dollars. Our national debt: 13 trillion dollars. But 64% of companies are hiring MBAs this year. Oh wow! That, yes. That is great. That is great news. It does work. <laughs> Well, Things are looking bright, my friend. Uh, okay, I can see why yeah. I can see why you'd say that. Bad so, news for everyone else, but good, good news for us. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to uh, to some other slightly troubling news. Our next headline: Your non-Harvard degree is worth nothing. <laughs> so a lot of people <sighs> are often wondering how many business schools are in what they would call the top tier. And what we, we've been doing an informal poll of this, and what we have found is if you talk to somebody, you know, at a fifth-ranked MBA program, what they'll say is, oh, there's about five schools in the top tier. And if you talk to somebody in a ninth, in a, you know, ranked nine, they'll say, oh, there's about nine programs in the top tier. So how many people are in the top tier? So for the first time, we actually have academic work behind this. A professor at Northwestern University, Lauren Rivera, got access to some of the top firms, and she found the, the, the true number of elite, truly elite business schools okay, what's in this the country. And the what's number the number is two. Ooh. It's basically <laughs> Harvard and Wharton. <laughs> well, so that, it's... it's Okay. Okay. That hurts a little bit. Yeah. Um, so what she got? She got access to several of these uh, several of these prominent firms and got to um, look at their recruiting practices. And one of the things that uh, that she found was that the hiring culture of these top investment banking consulting firms is exceptionally focused on pedigree. Okay. Well. That's not a huge surprise to me that they're obsessed with pedigree. I mean, we kind of knew that. What is a surprise to me is that the number of schools that they're focused on is so small. So yeah. two, that seems like such a small number. Yeah, and it's not, it's not scientifically two, but to give you a sense of what right. we found. So she talked to one of the people in the study, and, and he gave her uh, this quote. He's talking about being at a career fair, and someone comes up to him, and that person says, hey, I didn't go to HBS, but, you know, I'm an engineer at MIT, and I heard about this career fair, and I wanted to come meet you in New York. And you know what the consultant said in response to that? <laughs> yes. said, uh, he says his response is, you know, God bless that kid for the effort, but, you know, it's just not going to work. Gosh, that is scathing. It, it's like, it, it stings. Yeah, and, it does uh, not feel good. And, and God forbid your resume comes from Rutgers. <laughs> <laughs> what, get, read, the, read the quote about that. So the that. quote is that if your resume comes from Rutgers, the, the consultant goes, he goes, I'm really just being honest here. It basically goes into a black hole. Gosh, 
Ow, man. So, like, this this hurts. And, and I got to say, this hurts me as one of many people who applied and was... As, as a non-Harvard. Well, just, <laughs> You'll get through in this life. <laughs> it, it was rejected from business schools. And that terror when you get rejected is that you've missed out on some big opportunity or some big access when you're rejected from any school. Right. And I feel like this study just hits home that, like existential fear. Yeah, right, right. Well, I think, and there is a takeaway here for, for the ordinary non-Harvard folks. And not even ordinary. I mean, yeah. we're talking top schools. <laughs> yeah, sure. But the, the takeaway here is you can still get these jobs. You can still get the jobs, but what you should not expect is for your degree to be some kind of golden pass into these jobs. You need to bring the skills. Uh, you need to present yourself um, you know, you're putting on a show. And so, so when I, you know, when you, that when you're going to those people, you can't say, you know, hire me because I'm from, you know, this amazing school, this right. MIT, this Columbia, this, you know, this booth, this, you know, this thing. You got to say, you know, hire me yeah. because of me and the skills that I bring to it. Exactly. Which actually, let's brings us to our jargon. So our piece of jargon today is fairy dust. <laughs> so no, fairy dust is not some kind of hot new MBA street <laughs> drug, which was, uh, that's what I first thought when I heard about it. <laughs> so um, what is fairy dust? What is so fairy, what fairy dust is, is fairy dust is, is what your resume gets on it if you rub it really hard against Harvard. So I rubbed myself really hard against Harvard <laughs> once, and I didn't, I that's didn't a get different much of That's a different kind of rubbing. Okay. okay. Yeah, so, what we're, so let me, let me give this, you an example of how this yeah. might be used in a sentence. Yeah. Is, uh, suppose somebody says, so, you know, Tom, why are you getting a dual degree at the Harvard Kennedy School? Your response to that might be, well, aside from the obvious fairy dust advantage from going to Harvard, I'm also planning to go into politics. So what's with the Harvard this week? Why like why 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 must every example be Harvard this well, week? Well, you know, I so the reason why we picked fairy dust is because of the previous article obviously, but the reason why uh, we use Harvard as an example, the only time I've ever heard the term fairy dust used is when people are referring to our Harvard degree. We're you get the Harvard fairy dust. We, we got to start using Stanford. That's <laughs> got to be our example more often. And thanks for watching. I'm Miro Kaz. I'm the real Tom Rose. Make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and you've been watching The, the NBA, NBA Show. Show.